Thank you for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit girlswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And this is a show where you come as you are with the courage to speak up and tell a better story. And today we are going to have some fun, y'all. Woo! Super excited. Get ready, because we're going off the rails today. Yep. So we're actually going to take a little sidestep to what we usually do. And this it's episode, still business. It's, it's still, still business, but it's, it's still girls doing the stuff. It's it's girls doing the stuff, but now it's going to be like the stuff being done to us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and not in a totally creepy and like that get your mind out of the gutter people now Um, now they're like who is the guest what is (laughs) happening here do i need to mute change it right (laughs) so so today's guest is stacy brown stacy is a psychic extraordinaire and just i'll let you introduce yourself and all the fun stuff we're gonna be doing today all right so hello all thank you so much for having me here i'm stacy the black feather intuitive that's how i go by and what do you want to know about me? I want to know how... Like how yeah, go ahead. Yeah, like how does that happen? <laughs> how does one... <laughs> how does one just decide one day that they're going to be psychic? Yes. Or, and like build a business around it, right? Because it's one thing to know that you're like empathic or you have that level of intuition or you have those abilities, but it's another thing to build it into a... Totally, because everybody has the abilities in them. You have nurtured those and made it like master level epic so that you could make it, have it be a business that then serves others. So like that's next level shit. (laughs) Wow, you make it sound so amazing. I'm impressed by me now. (laughs) I got to tell you though, that it was, it's been a lot of work and it's been a a crazy ass journey. Let's hear it. Yeah. So for me, I mean, I can't speak for every other psychic out there, but for me, I was born this way. But I shut down at a very, very early age, Uh, was born into a family, a loving family, but a family that was very dysfunctional, very chaotic stuff. Lots of alcohol abuse, drug abuse, physical abuse, mental, emotional. It was just insane. And also, on top of that, they were all very religious. (laughs) And so I'm having crazy dreams and, and these dreams are coming true. And I'm going to my parents because Mm -hmm. that's who I have to go to. And it was kind of a, oh, that was just a dream. Oh, no, that's not accurate. No, 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 that's that's not what happened, honey. That's not what happened. Let's not talk about that. You go make your own lunch at five years of age Mm -hmm. and do what you need to do because I'm busy taking care of my stuff. So I shut down really early. And do you remember what one of those dreams was? Oh, I mean, I know. Yeah, actually, yeah. I can tell you, I I don't remember how old I was. So psychic with a bad sense of timing. I suck at time. I never remember from one minute to the next. So I'm going to tell you I was around 12, but I don't know. I could have been four. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I had a, a nightmare that my sister had died. My parents and I, it was back in like the medieval days. We were in this medieval church, all wood, very dark, very dank. And we're at a funeral service for my sister and I'm watching this all happen and it's so surreal and trying to figure out, you know, what's wrong with her. And she had some kind of infection in her leg and she died. And I woke up and I do remember this. It was like a Saturday morning Mm -hmm. because my, both my parents were home, but the rule was you could not go into the don't knock on this door until afternoon. You know, when we come out, then you can talk to us, but otherwise, you know, fend for yourselves. And uh, it was like, oh my God, it was an urgency. Knock, knock, mm-hmm. knock, knock, knock. And I went in and I told them and I said, something's going to happen to Siobhan. Like, this is not good. That's my sister. Yeah. Something's going to happen. This is not good. We we need to check her out. We need to check her out. There's something wrong with her leg. Again, the they're there. Why are you bothering us on a Saturday? You're breaking the rules. I'm bawling like a baby. Mm-hmm. After four times, finally, my, my mom says, get your butt out there to my dad. Go and just put, put her mind at ease. Go mm-hmm. look at Siobhan's leg and we'll see what happens. Well, Overnight, there was this ginormous, I don't know, lump, lipoma or cyst or something that was on the back of her leg. And so that was a scary moment, I think, for everybody Mm -hmm. in the family. They're like, oh, shit, it's real. Right. Mm -hmm. And from that point on, it was like, okay, we don't want to hear about Stacy's dreams. 
We don't want to know about all of these things because it can really get real. Now, my sister is alive and and healthy and it ended up being a, I believe it was a assist, a non-cancer assist, but Mm -hmm. it had, she had to go into the office. She had to have it removed and, you know, on and on, Mm -hmm. but it was things like that. And that's when it became really real for me. And it scared me because of the reactions of everyone else around me. Right. And it was like, no, you can't, you can't talk about those things. You can't go there. And that's, I, I, you know, what that makes me think of is like all the conversations we have about your gifts, right? That you have these innate gifts. And then in childhood, there's something, there's some catalytic event that tells us that we can't like to own close that. the door like on you, it. You have to shut that off mm-hmm. yeah, because the adults can't handle it. Right. Yeah. Right. Like it has nothing to do with you. No. But like if you were to have had a different dynamic. Oh, house, yes. Like what. You know how powerful could you have become at that point? You know I, what I think mean? about like, that's that what all the time. About. Exactly. You know, I often think, and you know, I have no regrets. It's all about being in the moment. Mm-hmm. So you know, take this with a grain of salt. But I have had moments where I'm like, I wonder if I had had the nurturing and the support if I had stepped into this sooner. Because mm-hmm. I got into this pretty late. I'm 43 right now. I didn't hang the proverbial shingle on the door until about six or seven years ago, but I've been this way my entire life. And it was a journey out of fear and into that acceptance of, oh, this is who I am. This is a part of me. It's nothing to be afraid of. I just have to figure out how I tick. I got to find out why this is all happening and then kind of how I'm going to use it. But yeah, I think about that all the time. (laughs) How did you get to that place of acceptance and like over that fear? Cause you're growing up in this family where it was like, close it down, shut it down. Well, and even like shunning of like, we don't want to hear, we don't want to know we're afraid of you and Mm -hmm. your gifts, so to speak. So how did you get to that place of like, okay, now it's okay. How did it blossom? What was that journey? Well, The best way to describe it is I didn't even know who I was and what I had. I didn't consider them gifts. They were just these weird things that would happen and it was unexplainable. And because I had no one in my life with that language to kind of guide me through it and say, hey, this isn't, this is what this is. It's Mm -hmm. not this. I shut it down for myself. So a lot of people in my world back then, as I was growing up, didn't know that these were the things that I could do. The way I describe it is it was like there was something bubbling under the surface all the time. But because I had so much stress and anxiety and fear around it, I shut my own channel down. I had so much self-doubt about what would pop up. And half the time I wasn't listening to my own intuition. And then, you know, all hell would break loose. Mm-hmm. And then I would say, oh, well, I, I don't, I'm not psychic. I don't have this gift. You know, I'm, I'm just deluding myself. So I guess the process was really... It really started when I moved out of my parents' home Mm -hmm. and kind of started my life. I was out at 18. I went away to, I'm Canadian, so I went away to university, not college. I went away (laughs) to university, (laughs) but it's all the same. And it was during that time that I met some people who had no problems. They were open. They didn't, it wasn't about the religion. And I was so drawn to, back then we called it the occult. I was so drawn to tarot cards and drawn to mediums and readers, you know, birds of a feather. Yes, mm-hmm. your people. Yes. yes. Yeah, the but, energy was was literally pulling you. Yes. Oh my God. Like a magnet. <laughs> oh, 150%. Yeah. But I resisted it. You can just imagine what mm-hmm. that's like mm-hmm. <laughs> when, you're, when you're resisting this strong pull. Mm-hmm. So I remember that it was the, the first time that I bought my own uh, set of cards, tarot cards. It was a group of us, of my university friends, we went to this metaphysical shop and I bought my Rider weight and I bought it and I bought a, an Oracle deck. It was a, actually, I love it. It's a Russian fortune telling cards and I love all things Russian. Um, I have Russian in my background. And so I was, I'm a, a, a trained opera singer. I did that before I did all of this other stuff. And so I loved singing in, in Russian and Italian and in all different languages. So I found this Russian fortune telling cards and I brought them to my apartment and they sat on my shelf for three weeks. Now I got to tell you ladies, I am go big or go home. I am, I get an idea, I get an inspiration and I go before I've even done any kind of research. I'm the girl that wears the new clothes out of the store when she buys them and gets the (laughs) the salespeople to to click things off. So, I mean, I am just like all in. So when I tell you that I purchased these cards and then they sat on my bookcase 
for three weeks. I was terrified to open them mm-hmm. because I was like, oh my God, like the earth is going to crack open and swallow me whole. I'm well, going to hell. But isn't mm-hmm. that the thing, right? Like people join the gym and then it's that resistance that still keeps them from actually do or like get a new exercise program or they're going to start, you know, whatever it is that's like, could be that big change that their life has been waiting for. Yeah. And they, they're like dipping their toe in, right? So you were, you like dipped your toe in, right? You bought the cards. Yeah. (laughs) And And then then I waited and I waited to see what was going to happen. Like you had to get used to the temperature. (laughs) Exactly. And then sometimes change does happen. Not in this, like, I think a lot of us wait for that giant, lightning bolt of like, this is going to change my life. Mm -hmm. But in reality, like our brains want to stay safe safe and at homeostasis, right? Like we are wired to stay at homeostasis. So some of those changes that are going to be huge and life-changing and amazing and these giant, you know, energetic leaps are going to be like tiptoe like well they I'm always are right they always are whether like you realize the other it toe. yeah and then i'm right you may not be aware of it yeah. but like this because even the- just in this example it was i left my parents house that was the first step mm-hmm. to of, of the journey then i went to university and found my people that was the next step then i went to the shop you didn't have to buy anything no so then the next step was i bought yep. some and so everything is the little steps yep. it's just you know so like so at tight. that point you were like at your ankle deep right yeah right yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Then what next? Then Then what next? next. Yes. (laughs) So I cracked them open. Eventually we had a, you know, little party where we were doing card readings and I saw and I felt because the whole thing for me was fear. I was born into fear and everything that I did was fearful. Change included was fearful. So having my, you know, friends around me and all of us doing it together and seeing that, well, they're not afraid. Mm-hmm. And so why should I be afraid? And I mean, I was just reading it out of the book. So it wasn't even like I was fully connected. I mm-hmm. was just like, oh, this is exciting. And I want to know about my future. And I want to mm-hmm. know what's to come because I was looking for hope. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking for that. It's okay for you to live the life that you want to live. And it's okay for you to seek out whatever that is. Cause I didn't know what that was when we're that age. The only examples that we really have are from our parents our and family our family. Mm-hmm. Yes, the family of origin stuff. So it was just, I mean, it was me opening up to myself and that was a big part of it. And oh, gosh, so. Well, I think what you just said of I was born into fear. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh, like that just struck me, those words. I was born into fear. Yeah. And so then that created this. And when you were around people who weren't fearful, it granted you permission to be less afraid too. Bingo. All right. And yeah. I mean, cause you're, and Sarah's like penultimate message that she starts all of her big talks are, is like, you are born with worth. Mm-hmm. Nothing is going to take that away except for experiences and messages that lead you to believe, but that doesn't change the fact that everyone is born worthy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, And it took me forever. mm -hmm. And that's something that I work on with my clients all the time too. That's one of my messages is worthiness issues. You know, you are worthy and you are valuable and you're worthy of your own time. You're worthy of the breath, the air that you breathe, (laughs) that you take from the room. You're worthy of that. And not everybody has had those, I would dare to call them traumatic experiences in their lives. They've had maybe varying degrees of that. Mm-hmm, right. For me, I happen to have very traumatic experiences around that. So it took me a long time yep. to really recognize what fear was and how much fear permeated my life and stopped me from doing things. But I'll tell you one thing. So I, I mentioned that I was a, an opera singer. I, I would say I'm an opera singer in a former life, but I really mean it was like this life. <laughs> right. We're not talking past I know. Lives. I was like, can we make her <laughs> sing for us? Can we ask her to please belt oh, some stuff God, out in no. Italian for us? <laughs> no, 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 you can't. It's been a long, long time. It's I, too I early will in occasionally the sing the messages. You know, you'll, you'll hear me sing a little message here or there, but uh, yeah, no. But what was interesting about that is, you know, being born into fear, I had anxiety like crazy, but I didn't know that that was anxiety. Mm-hmm, I thought that's how mm-hmm. everybody lived. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until my twenties that I kind of figured that out. Well, here's this girl who is stuck in fear, but loving life and hoping like hell that there's something bigger than this little boxed image that I'm supposed to be living my life by. Mm-hmm. 
And I've chosen a very public profession, a very high stress profession where I'm going in and doing auditions and I'm being told no more than I'm being told yes. And I'm getting on stage and, and singing and I'm a perfectionist as well. I'm a type and I'm a perfectionist. So you can just imagine what a hot fucking mess. It's it's almost like you're, it's this weird twisted, like reinforcement of the anxiety because you're consistently putting yourself in these positions where you're, I'm totally stressed out. And then that's going to impact you and how you go through the interview. And then you're going to end up with a self-fulfilling prophecy of like, I suck and I shouldn't be interviewing anyway or auditioning anyway. And then like, like it's just this weird cycle that then permeates your life. And you know what it made me think of is that the being opera is like huge as far as getting in touch with your voice and speaking Mm -hmm. and letting your voice out. And so to me, it made me think, okay, that was such a big step in the process of you finding yourself because you had to find your voice first because you grew up where they were saying, shh, don't talk about that. Don't say that. Don't tell us about your dreams. And so your voice was getting squash, 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 squash. So that was a safer step Mm -hmm. of like a more socially acceptable career path or calling. Mm -hmm. And then that was like your practice stage. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yep. You described it exactly. I couldn't say it better myself. That's, (laughs) that's what happened. And I, you know, hindsight is always 2020. I, I realized that several years ago on my self-awareness journey of trying to figure out who the FARC I am and what this is all about. I recognize that it's, well, I, I I dropped the F-bomb too, but every (laughs) once in a while it comes out as something different, but that's exactly what it was is I recognized here's this, you know, little Canadian girl with no self-esteem who's really trying to find her worth and trying to put herself out there and chooses something very public and very intense. And it really was a training ground for me. And I know I realized after I had my breakdown and pulled away from all of it, just how good I was. But the whole time I was telling myself, you're not Mm -hmm. just exactly what you were saying, Jenny, Mm -hmm. pushing my way for self-doubt. No, 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 that's not what it is. And and it's that balance of like, literally you were fighting within, right? Because you were putting yourself in the situation where you were going to have authority figures squash your voice, literally say you are not good enough. Yeah. On a regular basis. On a regular basis. So you're like, you know, hit me with that cat of nine tails over and over and over again. She said all in, that's all in. Right. And then on the flip side of that, you're like having this enormous release, even as you're auditioning and practicing and all these things. So you were like literally this like internal battle that was occurring to see which side was actually going to win. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what ended up happening is the anxiety crippled me, Mm -hmm. shut me down entirely. I uh, just talked about this recently on my show, Wine and Wisdom with the Feather. I had a suicide attempt and it wasn't just because of all of the social anxiety and the regular anxiety and the performance anxiety. I mean, let's just, it is what it is. It was other things in my life. My life was a shit show because I was in that, I describe it as like an egg. I was trying to grow and become something, but it was all congealed and like Mm -hmm. nothing was solid and nothing was forming and the egg cracked open and there I am. Mm -hmm. Right. But the beauty of it all kind of like what you said, Sarah, was that it was the path to open me up and to recognize that I am worth more than what I'm allowing myself to have right now. And I had to literally spill out on the floor, all everything exposed in order for me to, to build myself back up. That's why I have like 50 different Phoenix tattoos mm-hmm. because I'm all about the Phoenix. It's well, about burning to the, to ash and then rising from those ashes. And, and what are you going to make of yourself? And you can't listen to everybody else. Their opinions of you are based on their own, based in their own motivations, but also based in their own lens and their own filter. It's up to you to see yourself and to recreate yourself in the way that you feel intuitively is the way to go. Mm-hmm. And and that was my, that was my path. Well, and I think what's so important to highlight too, is that it's not something that people talk about often, right? Like it's this, like, oh, we don't speak that out subject. loud. Yes. We mm-hmm. don't speak that out loud, but because we work in mental health and, you know, 
we know that it is so common and happens so much that suicide attempts or successes are a direct relation to denying your true self. Mm-hmm. Bingo. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, it, you know, people that are listening are probably have been there. And either, even if they didn't try, they thought, you know, like people who are mm-hmm. in that immense pain have, have spent their lifetime denying who it is that they are. Everybody has that breaking point. Yes. So that's yes. why it is so important to no, and, embrace who yeah. it is that you truly are. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It and turns destructive quickly. Yes. So yeah. the, the takeaway for me for that was, I mean, because that's another show for another day. We're not going to talk about me right now. We're here to talk about you. And, but what you said about allowing yourself you didn't allow yourself to recognize you didn't like this is where say it again for the people in the back you are definitely in need of a space to grow out of that feeling like of of despair and hopelessness and helplessness and there is a difference between wanting to die and actively attempting yes to kill yourself because you can live in that space of you just don't want to live anymore, mm-hmm. right? You don't want to experience what you're experiencing anymore because it is too painful. It yes. is too much mm-hmm. because you are de- because you are spending so much energy denying the reality that you have no energy for anything else. Right. Self-betrayal exactly. is it's, extremely painful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then when you do finally kind of let a light in, whether it's a support person or it's a an, another, you know, some kind of event or some experience or some interaction that then you're like, wait a second, I don't have to allow myself to live like this anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't have, I have that power. Then you no longer are the egg yes. pouring out on the floor. Mm-hmm. You're able to be reborn from those ashes. Yeah. So what was that? What was that for you? Being reborn. Mm -hmm. So after the suicide attempt, I knew I was in trouble and I, I, I reached out for help because I said, this isn't me. I love life. I have so much purpose. And right from the get-go, from when I was popped out of the womb, I felt this strong sense of purpose. I knew that I was not destined for greatness, but destined to I'm like yes, girl, reach own a it. lot destined of people. <laughs> well, well, I guess you we could, could own that, right? But. I mean, it's it, there's. I mean, it's that's you know, potato, potato, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you can say I, maybe not destined for greatness, and we're like, of course, you're destined for greatness. <laughs> we all like, are. Like, come we on, are all right, 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 right. And then, but how you felt it, how you perceived it, was like you were meant for something more. Yes. I get that. Yeah, and meant Don't for something that was. <laughs> I can handle it. I can handle it. What I really felt from a young age was that I knew that everything that I was supposed to do was going to be public. It was going to reach a lot of people. And I knew intrinsically that it was the healer in me. Mm -hmm. It was that person in me. But Given where I came from, I was drawn to everybody's wounds mm. in relationships, yes, in friendships, my <laughs> original family situations. It was always the wounds. And moving through that process, I think getting to that rock bottom place mm. and saying, okay, there's only up from here. I couldn't get out of bed. I had nowhere to live. I was staying with my parents. Thank God. I mean, as screwed up as the family is, mm-hmm. they're still family. They were still, still there. family mm-hmm. and they still provided what they could provide. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I started um, that journey of exploring Buddhism, exploring the Islamic religions. For me, it was about religion. I was starting there because mm-hmm. I had come from this religion and knew, you know, my, my background, Lutheran, yep. <laughs> born Lutheran, went to a Catholic high school. My father was Roman Catholic and turned born again and is now an evangelistic, what, he's Pentecostal. Mm-hmm. So we have, I mean, there's the gamut in the family. Mm-hmm. And then there's me that's going and doing my catechism and doing all of this stuff and thinking, you know, it doesn't fit. This is, this it is bullshit to me. Like mm-hmm. it just doesn't feel right. And it doesn't Girl. resonate and it doesn't make a hill. And you ask you the, the questions. And, oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, embracing the black sheep was huge in my family because my father is a different person today, but he was very violent mm-hmm. uh, then. And so there was so much fear around just, if you question something, mm-hmm. it's, yes. yeah, let's talk about everything and let's question everything 
but you can have an opinion as long as it goes along with mine. Yes. Otherwise, it, you know, we're not going to discuss it. Well, you can't speak trouble. a different opinion. Exactly. Right. Like you can have as many fucking opinions as you need. But you better, but not, you better talk not talk about, about them. And yeah. you certainly better not live. You better not live right. that opinion. Right. You know, at least in, in this dynamic. So, you know, there was a lot of that stuff going on. I feel like I'm on a tangent, but you asked me, you know, how did I, how did I break out? It was that process of rock bottom that really started it. And I started exploring the metaphysical. I mm-hmm. started opening up and reading about those things. And in my looking at Buddhism and Islam and all these things that I was not supposed to be looking at, <laughs> I didn't find any magical answers other than that I found that there were, you know, threads of uh, consistency yes. and similarity yep. in all of it. And then I started opening up into, okay, I'm going to go and get my first reading done and see what this is all about. And once I started that once I was in that momentum, in that speed, in that Mm -hmm. flow, things started to open up. The fear thing took me years. It was leaps, little leaps here, little, um, not little leaps, little steps, Mm -hmm. little steps here, little steps there, little steps there. But eventually what ended up happening was I, I grew up, I grew into myself. I, I had a, I, I sucked at money. My family was not good with money. And so it took me a long time to embrace that. I went through a, I had a car repossessed and that was like shame. Oh, like, yeah. oh my God. And so I'm already at rock bottom. I got nothing else to lose. So I'm going to learn about finances too. And I'm going to explore different jobs. You know, it was always about, you have to be, do a profession. And my family always tried to get me into teaching. And I'm like, I am not a nine to five girl, but I didn't know that at the time. So I had to, I had to break the mold and really have a lot of resistance around family. Everybody thought I was the, the, the batshit crazy one and the one that was never going to make it and, you know, all of these things. So it was that process and that journey. Well, I because can tell you, you weren't making so it things. as they defined it, right? Like, oh, God, we, no. You know, I mean, I, I think that our kids are extremely lucky mm-hmm. that they're being like, you want to have a job? Great. You want to have a profession? Great. You want to have a, a nine to five career? Awesome. You want to be an entrepreneur? Sure. Yeah. You want to, yeah. you know, be an artist? Okay, <laughs> like as yes. we'll figure it out, yeah. right? Like, well, because now our generation knows better, but your parents' generation didn't, so no. they were doing the mine, best they could with neither. what they knew. Yeah. Mine didn't either. <laughs> like that, yeah. It was very much like the artist way was not going to mm-hmm. be the way, right? Yeah. Like you had to go and have a profession, even though my father's an entrepreneur and has been a small business owner like his entire life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or involved in small business as his father was. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. What was some of the biggest moments for you? Those like impactful, heart cracking during doing the readings and things like that and that journey of honing your gifts? <laughs> oh, mm. so I think I was, I was either 31 or 33, somewhere around there. And I had decided that I was going to this one reader back home. And I said to her, would you teach me how to, how to read tarot? Cause I wanted to read tarot. And so I started that process and failed miserably at it. Cause I was coming at it from yep. my headspace yep. and thought that I just didn't have the ability. So I was like, okay, I'm drawn to all these people and all this stuff. And there's just this wishing and this wanting. It's like, I just want to be like them, but mm-hmm. I'm not like them. So I'm, I'm going to just kind of embrace it. And then that kind of, I guess that shook my confidence a little bit, right. you know, thinking that I couldn't, I couldn't do this. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Wh- what was I thinking? Why was I being pulled to this? Why was I being drawn to this? Mm-hmm. And then I started seeing a life coach for the first time, right in that time. I had some other issues. I was, it was my awakening. I was feeling depressed without having a reason to be depressed. I had two homes. I had a car. I had a job. I had three businesses that I was doing. I was living life. I was beating all the odds that, you know, my parents would throw out there that, oh, you can't do this and you can't do that. And what's going to happen with this? And, And I was succeeding and I was still miserable and I couldn't figure out what was wrong. And it was because there was that something missing. And so I started seeing a life coach. She happened to do angel cards. Yes. <laughs> and of course, I was like, all right. And and she was nervous about it too, because yeah. she starts off with the life coach stuff and whatever. Yeah. And then she goes, you know, would you, are you interested? I have this, 
I'm like, hell yeah, like bring them out. And it was like, oh, so there's somebody else out there that is like this. And mm-hmm. I love that stuff. So each that time granting permission, open. each time yes, granting exactly. permission. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so now we're up to our knees. Like we're waiting. Yeah. And now we're up to our knees. And then. And well, I had a real awakening going through that process because during that process, I discovered my family is toxic to me Mm -hmm. and I've worked hard to get rid of these toxic relationships in my life in terms of men. That's a whole other episode. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And now all of a sudden I'm realizing having this realization because you know, your family, you're, you're right. We're, we're supposed to be this. We're supposed to be that family's supposed to be loving. They're supposed to want what's best for you, but sometimes they don't. Or they don't know what's best for you. Or they don't know what's best for you, but they're going out of their act. In my family's case, they're acting out of their own fears. Totally, totally. And so every single time, and they're very close. So, you know, every Sunday we would get together after church and we would have dinner. And it was a big deal that I had chosen finally to not, I'm not going to church. Mm -hmm. And I don't care what you say, I'm not going to do it, but I will still participate in the family stuff. And it was Every time I was connected with them, it's let's recruit Stacy, let's convert mm. Stacy, let's tell Stacy all the all the sad things, the bad things that are going on in her life is because she doesn't have relationship with Jesus Christ. And it was just like after a while, I would say to myself, and 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 this was in the coaching, I would say to myself and 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 say to my coach, I don't think I'm a bad person. I really feel like I'm a good person. Like look at all the things that I that I Innately You're like busting out your others. resume. <laughs> yes. Like having well, to justify, you know, I talk about like that achievement space yes. versus that like yes. ownership of I'm the badass, like yep. I'm good. Internal versus external. Internal yes. versus external. Like you yeah. go through that, you know, the, like Tracy said, Tracy Phillips with the zone of genius and the zone yep. of excellence, right? Like your zone of genius is your innate gifts. Your zone of excellence are the things that you've achieved. Yes. Right. You've achieved all these great things and they have zone, nothing, and to, do. nothing to do honored. with who you are. Right. Yes. And you're like, what the fuck? What, what am I supposed to like? Yeah. What haven't I done already? Right. What yeah. more to do you want? How many myself? times can I turn myself into a pretzel to please right. you? Yeah. And, and it got to the point where I realized I'm literally never going to please yes. you. I am continuously putting myself in that approval, that, yep. that detrimental, because it was never about space. you. Yep. It was about them. about them. And it's always been about them. Yes. So during that aha, I realized I've got to let my family go. And that was another big fear hurdle. I had gotten over the fear of living on my own. And I, I always had problems with relationship. I was, it was always fast and furious. And then I would have like a period of drought. Mm-hmm. I never really had long-term relationships. It was always fast and furious and then nothing for a while. And then something else would come. And it was, I wanted relationship. I wanted connection. And the family was like, Oh, you're just like aunt Linda. Like it's taking you so long. And what's wrong. And what's wrong with her that she, I wish you could find someone. My mom used to say to me, I wish I could bake him for you. If I could bake him for you. Loving things. Yeah. But also that idea of like, I'm not so complete not. if I don't exactly. have a man in my yes. life. Like, you know? yeah. So like this little like needle of of subterfuge. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Said with love. <laughs> love and a whole lot of bullshit. Right. <laughs> mixed in. Well, it's and bullshit they... couched in love. It's not yeah. love. Yes, you're it's right. That, you're right. It's that yeah. she was, you know, her definition of, you know, whatever it well, was. Well, I like bet you it was her or... fear of oh, very if much. something happened to her, then you would be alone and yeah. nobody would be there to take care of you. Whereas right now she's here so she can take care of you. Yes. So it was her need to have you have someone to take care of you in case anything happened to her. And right. it was also her issues because exactly. she stayed in a relationship. Their relationship was, I mean, they're better Volatile now. They're still together, but oh my and, God, mm-hmm. so many times yeah. I have said so to like, them, you should not be together. Yeah. Well, and she could not have defined, she couldn't define herself without being in a relationship. So yeah. therefore you were in incomplete. Yes. Because you were not in a relationship yes. and to make you complete, you know, she had to bake you a man like yeah. what? <laughs> when, when it comes to your gift, like, so it's reminding me of a friend, a dear friend of mine, Serena. She's also Canadian. You awesome. guys are awesome. Yes. Yay. And when she's reading cards, her, 
process is she gets this tick, this vibration, like a in the back of her teeth. Yeah. And like, that's how they're, you know, talking to her and things like that. What is it for you? What's your process? Oh, God. (laughs) So I'm very clairvoyant, very clairsentient. Those are my two primary modes of receiving. So that means- I was like, for those listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So (laughs) listeners- Clairvoyance. I'll go through it all for you. (laughs) Clairvoyance is the clear seeing. And some people- See it, see things out and about, out in the world, as though you and I are sitting here talking. So they can see a spirit. They can see something just as though you and I are talking here. That's not how it works for me. I see things in my mind's eye like it's on, if, if you imagine a movie screen. Mm-hmm. It's like I see things on a movie Get screen. Out of my head. <laughs> so the clairvoyance for me is the clear seeing yep. in my mind's eye. The clairsentience is the clear feeling. And mm-hmm. this is actually, they, they both vie for top spot in my primary modes of receiving, but it's actually the clairsentience that is, I would say, really powerful. And it's the thing that really started to open me up when I was exploring my gifts and trying to figure out what it was that I had. I realized, okay, yeah, I do have a gift. I just need to hone it in. Then I realized all these years. So I'm always cold. No matter where I go, I'm always freezing. And it can be 85 degrees out and I'm wrapped in a blanket. And this is how I've been since I was a kid. Well, it didn't, it took until I was like 38 or 39, I was taking this class to discover, oh, no, 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 I'm clairsentient. So when I feel cold and there's different types of chill, Mm -hmm. when I feel a different type of chill, it's because I'm either in the presence of angelic energy, I'm in the presence of loved ones in spirit, or I'm getting like truth bumps, mm-hmm. you know, I'm getting that my hairs are standing on, uh, standing up on my arms because something is resonating with me. Mm-hmm. I didn't know any of that. I just thought there, and I was told all the time, you're a freak, you're cold all the time. Why do you always have to have a sweater on? Why do you need a blanket? You know, I'm walking around the freaking beach and I got a blanket on. It's just the way that it was, but I didn't realize it. So mm-hmm. clairsentience, you can feel things in your body. You can actually have physical sensations in your body as well as a, a sense of things, a feet, like a, an inner feeling, mm-hmm. you know, an inner feeling of things. There's a claircognizance, clear knowing. Sometimes someone asks you a question and you don't know how you know, but suddenly you just tell them, you know, mm-hmm. someone pulls over to the side of the road, can you give me directions? You don't know where this place is, but suddenly you're like, well, I think if you turn left here and you go right at the such and such and oh yeah, and then there's a a landmark here, it's going to be in that general direction. You may never have been there before in your entire life and all of a sudden, and then you go and you follow your own directions just to see if you're full of shit or not. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden there it is. And you're like, oh my God, you can't make this shit up. Right? (laughs) So that's really what, that's really what that claircognizance is about. And a lot of people have that. Clairaudience is clear hearing. A lot of men have the clear hearing. I've never been accused of having clear hearing. I'm just going to say, I'm like, really? A lot of <laughs> men? Ask my wife. A lot she of men have clear hearing. That's so funny. Yeah, I see what you mean. Selective hearing. It is the selective of. clear hearing. Yeah. So, yeah. so let me let me quantify Did that. Did you let not me hear me when I said blah, 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 blah? <laughs> That is a You're common right. statement in our house. Maybe we need we need men to to tune more into their clear audience. Yes. Right? <laughs> but for for men who embrace their psychic abilities, it tends to be more the clear hearing than the clear. Okay. That's ironic. I think that's a show in itself. <laughs> we should explore that. But it's clear hearing. So you can be hearing something outside of you, you know, hearing a voice, somebody calling your name. It can also be within that mm-hmm. you're hearing things. Gosh, what else? There's the the clairgustience, taste people get a, a weird taste in their mouth and that can indicate mm-hmm. uh, some, there's a presence or yeah. there's a, a message. There's something that I'm supposed to be paying attention to. Claire audience, smell. Mm-hmm. And smell is a big one for a lot of people. So I got to tell you a funny story. I think you guys will appreciate this. I don't know what it is. But I wish that it wasn't the case because I mean, I have OCD about all sorts of different things and I wish this wasn't what happens, but I do get clear audience, uh, sorry, clear audience, the smell, the clear smelling with cigarette smoke, which I abhor the cigarette smoke. I cannot handle it in any way, shape or form and poop. <laughs> so it's so random when I was living with my now ex-husband and we were living in this every once in a while. So his father had passed on and I finally clued in after a while, whenever I smelled this crazy cigarettes, I'd be like, who is smoking in the house? I'd go outside to look, maybe there's something coming in the, nobody in the house was, could, could smell smoke. Nobody smoked. Right. Nobody could smell smoke. My, my husband at the time, he thought I was just like crazy, right? The kids were 
they were so sweet. My my stepdaughters, you know, they were just like, oh, yeah, no. And they would go in and they'd smell it. And they'd, yeah. oh, I don't smell anything. I realized it's whenever his dad was around, mm. he was trying to get my attention. And this was how he got my attention was through smoke. And I get that on occasion with other people. And then poop. I don't know what the deal is. But I mean, I, like, are you I smelling had two dogs. Right now? I would like, smell poop. Happening. And I'd be like... <laughs> Putting my nose into the cushions because I'm there. There's poop in the room. Right. There's poop in the room, and I would go over. There's no poop. I I gotta tell you, I who still to this day have not figured out poop. who yeah. is speaking to me through poop. Like what the shit? Exactly. I was like, listen, you guys have to stop this because I cannot handle this. Like, what are you doing? I still That's have not been able funny. to figure it out, but it does pop up when in my mind I'm doing monkey mind and I'm doing a spin mm. um, about something all of a sudden this smell of poop comes up. And I think it's because it's an aversion for me right. that yep. it's kind of like my dream team is saying, whoa, 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 stop. Can, you, can yeah. you like ask them to pick a different scent? <laughs> I have, I've tried. And be like, hey, let's have a let's conversation. Like, let me do some meditation and be like, listen, I'm going to go into monkey mind right now. Yeah. And I'm seriously requesting that instead I get Jasmine. Yes, please, I'll take the Jasmine or the lavender. Like, yeah. you know, there's better ways to get my attention than literally the shit. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. The funny, funny thing with that is, though, is as I've gotten accustomed to how I tick mm-hmm. and figuring out my gifts yep. and, and strengthening those gifts and getting confident in how I'm receiving that information. Because it's very subtle. It's yeah. very, very subtle, especially with the clairsentience. Anyone out there who's listening, that you feel things in your body. It, like you said, she gets the, mm-hmm. the sort of the, the tingling in her mm-hmm. jaw. Yeah. Um, some people, it's a finger tick. Sometimes it's a feeling in your gut, mm-hmm. in your belly about things. So it's just learning the subtleties of yeah. it. So I had the privilege of sitting in when Stacy was doing a reading. I, my nephew came down to visit and I scheduled an appointment for him with her and he gave me permission to sit in. Mm-hmm. And this I, is the child of, of so your brother. This who is passed. my brother who mm-hmm. passed. And during that reading, I literally had to like keep hanging on to the seat because I was like, oh my God, I'm going to fall out of my chair. The stuff she was saying was blowing my mind. And she had never met him. I had never talked about him, like none of this stuff. I think we had only met twice before, you know what I mean? But like what, what triggered you to, to schedule the reading while he was visiting? He was, he was in, he was in a place. And so I wanted him to be able to have that clarity and be able to crack open in that way. Mm -hmm. And I for some reason, I just felt like that download of like, this would be a good idea. Yep. Can't, uh, yeah. That's yeah. all I got really. No, that's, I mean, but that's like, honestly, <laughs> like, I like, can't really explain it. <laughs> that's those, yeah, that's those like serendipitous. I trusted my intuition, intuition yeah. of like, this is what's being downloaded. And we did that. And yeah. it was so helpful to him. And I mean, shifted the entire experience for him that's amazing it was insane that's amazing yeah oh thanks for sharing that I don't always remember in fact I rarely remember what comes through in readings because I'm just sort of in that conduit state Mm -hmm. and I'm just receiving Mm -hmm. but my whole purpose in life is to help people to help themselves Mm -hmm. you know to be able to get that clarity so that they can move forward with whatever the dilemmas are in their life to know that yeah there's hope and you can choose um, a different path. If you're not happy with where you're at, it, it's all about making a different choice. You know, mm-hmm. it's not that our future is set in stone. It's yes. that we have so many potentials and possibilities. <sighs> yes. Are you about feeling those thought bumps right because now? Because like, I was like, what did yo, you call them? Truth bumps. Truth bumps. Truth bumps. My like thought just, bumps, goosebumps, whatever. Truth bumps. Okay, so legit, since we're on this, because literally I was sitting here and I got this like sense all over here, and I and was, mine was down my back. It's crazy. Okay, because like, then I was here. like, oh, I'm feeling like tears but they're not tears because I don't feel but it was this pressure yep. right around mm-hmm. like my weird weird it's the psychic guidance that's coming yeah. through I was You're, like stuff is happening right, right, now. Yes. right now your dream team is saying hey pay attention this yeah. is uh, truth yeah yeah this is um, truth and on that note so what we're gonna do is we're gonna invite Stacy back next week for to do our reading so she's gonna do awesome. one tarot and she's gonna do one psychic psychic reading, reading for mm-hmm. each of us and we're gonna let her decide which of us needs which, the, thing. which intervention Ooh. more? Or which all inter- right? What do we? What are they? They're not interventions. What are they called? Like intentions, setting intent- intentions. What? No, like the actual act of like when you go in process, for a, process. Or I don't whatever. know. 
Oh, I'm just going to give you a reading. 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 I'm just going to tune in and give you a reading. Help me. I'm I'm needing assistance with word finding today. All right. So we're going to do the lightning round and then Stacey's going to come back next week and we're going to have super duper fun doing the readings because we just kind of like let the time get away with us with her amazing stories. So we're like, uh uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah, Brevity is not my strong suit. (laughs) And then tips for how people can hone their Their own own skills. skills. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that'll come with the the readings for next week's episode. So we do something on Girls Who Do Stuff called the lightning round. All right. I'm nervous. And we rapid fire questions at you. (laughs) Oh, shit. And then you just say the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. All right. And we'll alternate. So it'll be like, you know, it'll be fine. Okay. It's fun. We're going with it. I'm I'm going with the flow. All right. I'm in it to win it. All right. Let's. Okay. So what is the number one thing on your bucket list? Egypt. Egypt. Ooh, I'm very connected to Egypt, have been since I was the kid at three years old that was watching the Leonard Nimoy TV series where they were going back to the ancient ruins and I was like transfixed and I knew that I had been there before. So yeah, I want to go to Egypt and explore my past life roots. That's awesome. Awesome. How do you unwind? Wine. (laughs) (laughs) Lots and lots of wine. Wine and and good conversation with friends. I always like, I'm I'm a foodie girl, so I love going to nicer restaurants, splitting a bottle of wine with friends and shooting the shit out on the patio. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Beautiful weather. Yeah, that's how I unwind. Or a beach. Love it. Yeah, we're beach bunnies too. So what do you geek out about? Well, right now in my present moment, it is wine. I just recently in the last, it started just before quarantine. I signed up for this First Leaf monthly membership wine club. And I thought, you know what? Why the hell not? Well, I'm going to just try this and, and see because I love variety. I love mm-hmm. to try. And I'm so sick of the grocery store wines. We have to introduce her to Laura. We have to introduce you to Laura. Oh, okay. Awesome. We, have, we got a hookup. Okay. No, sounds good. I'm, I'm in it. And actually, do we have time for a quick little story about this or is this lightning? I got to keep it short. <laughs> well, I mean, is it really quick or is it going to end up being like we're here like 20 minutes yeah, later? Yeah, so I'll, I'll tell right. you later. All right. Very I'll good. tell you later, but it's very funny. But anyway, it's wine. It's doing this membership. I'm now a, a member of two different wine clubs and I am creating my own little wine cellar. And nice. it's, awesome. it's like Christmas every month when the shipment arrives and I get very excited. Oh, oh that's a good way to infuse joy. That is yes. a great way to infuse yeah. joy. Yeah. Yes. I signed up for a succulent of the month club. That's my latest joy infusion. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. <laughs> right? I guess. Like a little old lady. These two little succulents. <laughs> Somebody, They're the only plants I can keep alive. Somebody shared it, and I was like, oh, my God, that's genius. I need that right now. And it's like 16 bucks a month, and I'm like, I can totally do that. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the succulents every month. And it gets you excited. When, yes. it, when it arrives, you're like, yay. I know. I'm totally judging you right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I also figured I was like, what if I be, if I become overly abundant with succulents, then you it's going to be a them. great way to gift. Right. Yes. You can sprinkle joy. Yes, I can sprinkle joy. <laughs> I love it. Still judging you. That's fine. Judge I away. think it's great. I'm, I'm not judging it. you. I think it's great. Because if you. I judge you, then I got to judge me. Because <laughs> that's kind of how I feel about my 50,000 bottles of wine right now. <laughs> well, what is the best advice you've ever been told? I would have to say it would be connected to not listening to anybody else and just really embracing whatever it is that you feel is right for you. Mm-hmm. I would say that's, you know, yep. that's huge. Mm-hmm. All right. What is your number one favorite book? Oh my God. There's so many. The one, well, there's two that I recommend to clients all the time. There's Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now. Mm-hmm. And then Wayne Dyer's Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. Yep. Mm-hmm. Those two impacted me so greatly in my awakening and my coming into my own and, and embracing myself. So those are the two that I say that I would. Oh, and one more that's actually really, really important called Frequency. Penny Pierce. If you've not read it before, you've not heard about it before, I highly recommend it. I There are too many um, books out there to read that I don't yep. read something more than once. Mm-hmm. And I'm on my fifth time of reading it. I get something wow. new out of it every single time. So Frequency by Penny Pierce. Yes. Okay. It's, All right. it's amazing. Nice. All right. Last one. Okay. I kind of want to do the theme song because I love that yeah, one. Yeah, go so for much. it. What right. would your theme song be? 
Oh my God, I have no idea. I know, but it's so fun to imagine, right? Oh my God, the pressure. <laughs> I'm feeling the pressure. <laughs> These are the kinds of questions I want, I want to be, pre- exactly. I want to be uh, prepared for. Yeah, under pressure. <laughs> I would rather someone else pick my theme song. Honestly, I don't know. It would definitely be a dance tune. It would be a dance mix. Mm -hmm. I would probably want Lady Gaga to write it. Yes. And sing it out, sing it loud and sing it proud. I also love Incubus. So I'd I'd probably want a little Incubus in there too. Yeah, I don't know, ladies. Okay. I'm sorry I failed. Lady Gaga and Incubus. I know. Like, we're, we're just blending them together. <laughs> Y'all, if whoever's listening that can connect Lady Gaga and Incubus to do a mashup. <laughs> Good luck. Or, like, some collab. Like, that would be amazing. You to thank for it. <laughs> that that would be it. super cool. That would be. Yeah. Dance and Incubus. It's yeah. awesome. And, hey. It kind of doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it makes perfect sense, though. I know. I was like, it makes perfect sense to me. Totally perfect sense. All right, Stacey, tell our listeners where they can find you. Absolutely. Check me out at on my website, theblackfeatherintuitive.com. Also, I have so many different freebies and things that I offer on my YouTube channel, The Black Feather Intuitive. I do a weekly oracle reading, sort of a general reading for everybody to, to watch. It's usually around 15 minutes. You get to see my crazy sense of humor and you get to see some fun cards and uh, get a little bit of guidance for where things are going. I also have a show on there called Wine and Wisdom with the Feather. I mentioned it earlier. It's kind of a lot of this, you know, talking about my uh, story, why I am who I am, and sharing some of that wisdom. Because I believe when the shit happens to me, I want to make sure that I can turn that around and so that maybe somebody else doesn't have to go through the shit. Or if they are in the shit, they know that they're not alone. Exactly. Right. Preach um, it. Yes. yes so mm, passing so that important. along. And then I do have a, a quite a following on Facebook. I offer a show on Wednesday nights called Winged Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I offer free readings. So you can come on in and uh, submit a question. And if you get chosen, I have a beautiful wing woman. Her name is Crystal. And uh, she comes in and keeps things. She does all the tech stuff and and chooses the questions so that I'm fresh and, you know, very focused. Just in your zone. Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, thank Um, you so much. I would like to also point out, ironically, as I was going to look up her page on Facebook, I saw an alert come through on my phone from my second of, of oh my god about two exclusive cacti <laughs> i can now become the proud owner of i'm just saying proud synchronistic exactly ha two exclusive who's cacti. cacti are you i can't i can't even i just can't okay they're called Wine funny and ear cacti oh all right they're so cute <laughs> okay and that is it for today we're gonna go out on cacti woohoo <laughs> Thanks, right. guys. This thank is great. For, uh, thank yes, you for, thank for you being so here. much. And, and we're looking forward to next week, yes, y'all. Yes, yes, yes. So Make sure to come back next week where Stacy is doing our readings, a psychic reading and a tarot card reading, correct? Mm-hmm. So Super if you exciting. like the girls who do stuff, which how could you not? I know, right? Then remember to subscribe, share, shout us out, and tell all your friends. And give us a review because that help us helps other people find us. And you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. So, yep. That's that's it for today. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And, and you, you do you, boo. We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing to this podcast and follow us on social media.